Fellow podcaster and Radio Hub founder Cooper Silk recently attended Podcast Movement, which is the world's biggest podcasting conference. And he's here to share what best practice podcasting looks like in 2020 and beyond. It's a very podcasty episode 479 of the award winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. And welcome back to your weekly dose of marketing melodrama. I'm your host. Timbo Reed, you, infinitely more importantly, you're a motivated business owner, ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. And that's exactly what we do around here, guys. Plus, you can join our free Facebook group for some ongoing marketing discussion, accountability, support. You can share your ideas. You can help others. Just get in there. Search for Small Business Big Marketing Tribe on Facebook, and I look forward to seeing you in there. Big episode today. Podcast host and producer Cooper Silk, who recently attended the world's biggest podcast event called Podcast Movement in Orlando, Florida. Well, he comes along to share what he's learnt, and he's learned a lot. This week's Monster Prize Draw winner has implemented ideas from this show, which how's this? Have enabled her to make more money working four hours a week than she was when she was working 24 hours a week. She got those ideas from this show. I want a bit of that. And I'll let you in on next week's guest. As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Quick update on my movements, if you're interested. (laughs) Not bodily movements, but, you know, like geographical movements. Uh, I'm heading to the UK tomorrow. Awesome. Never been there. Going to London. My daughter, uh, my beautiful Stephanie, has uh, taken a gap year and she's on her way home. And I always said I would go and visit her somewhere in the world before she got home. And that happens to be London. So I head there tomorrow. I'm going to have some fun. I have pre-prepared some episodes so, you know, the small business big marketing machine will keep rolling along. However, I am going to do some interviews over in London. Got some awesome guests lined up. Going to be speaking to a surgeon who has come up with a business idea where he has secured operating theatres in private hospitals to use out of hours on weekends um, to take the load off the public health system. And he's, he and his colleagues are doing really well from that. Um, I catch up, I hope to catch up with Damien Lee. You might remember him from a couple of years ago from Mr. Lee's Noodles. Uh, twice cancer survivor, now an instant noodle manufacturer. Uh, I hope to get an update on him because I know that business is going from strength to strength or from noodle to noodle. Catch up with a police, ex-police officer who has become an entrepreneur and is helping other police officers become entrepreneurs. And I'm also going to do a few Airbnb experiences and uh, not accommodation-wise, but like experiences with locals. And I hope to interview a few of them along the way because I love that as a business model. So plenty going on. Off to London and there will be a few UK interviews with our POMI entrepreneurial colleagues coming up in the coming weeks.
Now, I first met this week's guest over a couple of quiet ones when I was hosting the Australian Podcast Awards last year. And we've hit it off ever since. He's a ho- he's an awesome bloke. I was going to say he's a horse. He's not a horse. He's an awesome bloke. Cooper Silk is the founder and owner of Radio Hub, which is a high-end professional podcasting studio set up in Sydney. Um, if you want to get a podcast producer, you want to talk about podcasting and you are in that area, I would have a look at Radio Hub. They're awesome. Cooper is also the host of Roosters Radio, which for all you rugby league fans is a weekly podcast he puts together for his favourite team. But what's even more interesting is he's just back from podcast movement in Orlando, Florida, which is the world's biggest podcasting conference. I'm embarrassed I didn't go. He tells us that, like, there's only six Aussies there out of 3,000 people. Anyway, I hope to get there next year. So I joined Cooper at Radio Hub's Sydney studio where we talked about his top pre- and post-production learnings, why we're lagging behind in podcast production in Australia, how the big guys are building their audiences, why we all need to up our podcasting game and plenty more podcasting insights. So here's Cooper painting a picture of just how big podcast movement was. Amazing event, over three over three thousand attendees, um, in this huge resort, yeah. or, you know, this huge hotel um, in the middle of Orlando. And it's, as you drive into it, it's like a castle, and it's got a, a, a Arnold Palmer curated golf course out the front. It's got lakes with signs saying "Beware of the alligators." And then you drive up this ramp, and as I said, it looks like something out of Disney World. Yeah. And uh, you walked in and. Straight away, like there's buses taking you there. So they had two hotels full. Wow, that's that's the scale of this thing. And then you walk, uh, you know, onto the uh, down a, down an escalator into the halls. So the big giant halls, and then there it is, podcast movement. Podcast movement. You take it over the entire resort. The whole the whole hotel. And then there was another hotel to service people like me who couldn't afford to stay in the big one. <laughs> the tight asses. Well, the battlers. <laughs> Bit of a worry that you, a handful of Australians. I mean, I'm guilty. I wasn't there. Yep. Should have been there. Probably going next year. Yep. Literally, like, what do you reckon? Ten out of the three thousand yeah. delegates. Yeah. Um, Come on, Aussies. I I, uh, I think I can count probably half a dozen. Wow. And you met them all. Pretty much so. There was a couple I, I missed, but uh, yeah, I got to meet the majority of them. So. Coops, you roll up to this joint, big resort. You've taken it over. There's 3,000 delegates. What are we talking? Is it a big expo with a whole lot of keynote stages around the place? If you can imagine like the Las Vegas trade shows. So this, you're, in a, you're in a giant hotel on a, in a big open floor and, and around it a, a, a room. So when you walk into the main theatre part, there was, a, there was a main stage and then you walk into another doorway and that was the showroom floor. And on the showroom floor were all the stalls from all the big companies. So there was tech companies, a lot of hosting uh, companies and, and, you know, smaller people from, from all parts of, uh, you know, the world as well. And around the floor were different rooms. So there was roughly... O- open eight, air rooms or closed? Closed doors. So it was standing yeah, yeah. room only in the rooms. Yeah. That's how many people were there. So if there was eight sessions going on at once, pretty much they were all full. Uh, so it's hard to get to every uh, keynote. So a lot of planning. There was actually actually an event where before the event started, someone would tell you how to to navigate it. Wow. So I had an app um, and you'd pick if it, you know, whatever suited you, be it monetization, tech, starting out, industry. uh, There was a heap of different categories and you'd kind of just cherry pick what suited you and your reason for going there. What, did it give you a sense that, 
this podcasting thing has finally taken off? Well, it was my, I was on debut, so I hadn't been to any of the others, but speaking to people who had been, this was the first time that the big players were there. So Google, Spotify, uh, as I said, some of the big hosting networks, they were all there. And so you could feel there was this sense of um, corporate takeover or professionalism. Mm. And for the independent podcasters like us, it was a little bit dawning. Uh, the, the bespoke podcasters all of a sudden having to compete with the big guys. And we're seeing that here. I mean, yep. all the big media companies, there's not a radio station that doesn't at the end of one of their shows say, oh, you know, you'll find the, you know, the playback version or the podcast version over at such and such website. So that's kind of, um, that's interesting in itself. So we are seeing a whole lot of big boys come along and that kind of raises the bar for people like you and I and, and, and for my audience, business owners who are wanting to create a podcast. Should we, should we be worried? No. Um, for me, it was a bit of a kick in the pants and I realised that if you want to compete with the big media companies, you've got to lift your game. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll probably talk about it later or touch on it later, but Having them there and hearing them at the keynotes, you realise we're a long way away and if you in, want to... In, in, in Australia? Correct, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're probably a little bit behind, but I think we most of us have been in the game long enough kind of know that. Yeah. Um, so it's what do you have to do to compete with the, the big networks? Just to give a sense of size before we talk about some of your learnings or all of your learnings, uh, how many kind of ex- exhibitors? Oh. Are we talking... 50. Rose, yeah, maybe maybe 50, maybe, okay. maybe 30. Oh, um, that's, that's not huge. I mean, Rose, mate, I mean, I was thinking of some kind of oh, chi- well, so, Chinese so there was bloody product fair, you know. May, maybe 10 rows of, say, 10. I don't, I, mate, I've told you 8 billion times not to exaggerate. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard to... <sighs> for let's you, say, let's for say you 30. Let's for say you, it was 30. big. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. And it was really big. Like, they had... There was a petting zoo there and, you know, you get beers. Zoo. What is a petting zoo? Where you go small and little kiss? animals. You play, oh. play pet animals. Just <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. I don't know what company was pushing that, but I, I, uh, I found unusual. the one that was hand, handing out the free beers pretty quickly. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Um, stands like Google. So what, 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 does, what are Google doing on their stand they or Spotify? All their, well, Spotify had this beautiful suite um, where there was people talking, you know, about the, 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 the app. I suppose, how you can actually get your podcast onto it. So yeah. remember, there's a lot of people who are just starting out yes. podcasting. So, um, you know, uh, from Google, they had all the different phones and uh, obviously they've in Google recent Play. times gone gone all in as well by way of SEO and ser- um, searching for podcasts now. So they were doing some – they did a keynote on that. But just tell was, me about that. I actually didn't go to that uh, discussion, but Coops, a lot of the talk... Is it just me or was it, that would have been one of the major ones to go to, like SEO for podcasts? Well, what happens is, as a, as a member, <laughs> what happens is, is you get uh, recordings of all the events uh-huh. afterwards. So I only got that last week. So oh. what I will do is sit down and watch yeah, them all. Okay. But, like, honestly, there's probably 100 keynotes or 50 keynotes yeah, or something okay. like that. So you just can't get to everything. All right. I want to break it down and the way we're going to do this in terms of your learnings yep. and feel free to ask me questions sure. along the way of my learnings, even yep. though I wasn't there. But like, let's have a good podcast discussion that at the end of this, the listener is going to think, okay, there's some things I've learned that are around best practice in 2019 going to 2020 mm-hmm. if I have a podcast or I'm going to start a podcast. So I want to break it down into pre-production yep. and then the actual production of the podcast and then post-production, okay? And then right. we'll just kind of go tick for tack. Yep. So pre-production, big aha moments for you or just learnings where you've kind of kicked yourself and gone, oh, Coops, 
and I miss that. So I'll take it back a step and probably set the scene by saying what I went there for. So my, my goal was to have three three conversations where I'd take something back that I can implement here at Radio Hub. So I want to have three meaningful conversations with either tech companies, um, you know, marketing and find out best practice by way of marketing and find out, you know, what the big guys are doing so that we can compete down here in Australia. So from that point, I was lucky enough to speak to some of the big CEOs from the from the tech companies, be it um, Blueberry. I uh, met some amazing guys uh, from Squadcast. You might want to, you need to say who these people are. Blueberry uh, is a hosting service. It's a hosting service, Where yep. you upload your media file in order yep, to then correct. get your media player and your analytics and yep. all that kind of stuff. I use Omni. Yeah, Aussie, Aussie Omni were company. there as well. Yeah, so they you were there. Use, you could use SoundCloud. You correct. could use... Uh, there was Simplecast. There, were, there okay. was Libsyn, Podbean. They were all there. They are all there. Uh, you know, Wooshka. Yep. Uh, Rob was there kind of walking around as well. So... All the hosts, and there's some big ones coming out with, uh, there's a, a company called Himalaya, which is supposed to have had like 100 million pumped into it from venture capital. So there's, you know, a lot of money being mm-hmm. thrown into this space. So they were all there and you, you, know, you got to meet these guys. Um, also got to meet the, the creators of Spreaker, which is the first platform that I ever used back in about 2012. Italian guys, they were really cool. And then there was some of the, the new apps or platforms that are, that are being produced. So... Many people may or may not have heard of Squadcast. For those that do remote recordings, you know, with their guests via Zoom or Skype, uh, Squadcast is pretty much built for podcasters, um, and the, it's got it's a better quality audio. It's a multi-track recording. So, from what I can gather, and uh, Squadcast hit me up a few months ago, and we just because I think they're based in New York or something. I just LA, get, LA. I couldn't get the timings right, but I had I've had a look at it. It looks pretty awesome. Haven't used. Have you used it? No, I've, I've locked in a, a meeting okay. with the to go and have a sit down okay. and get shown how to use it properly. So, what, for, but it is worth understanding what that is. Um, so, Squadcast, I mean, right now I do most of my remote interviews using Skype and I yep. use Skype call I recorder Zoom, yep. to, to record. You use Zoom. From what I've seen with Squadcast, you can go, okay, I want to do an interview. You go and open up a file within Squadcast. It gives you a link that I then send to you as my guest who's elsewhere, not with me in yep. the world somewhere. You open that link uh, and then we can start recording and then it spits back to us or to me, the host, um, a file with split tracks. So split it's got tracks. you, it's got me, we yep. can edit either side. Um, it's, uh, from what I can tell, the audio quality is no, is primo. That's its selling point. Mm. That's, that's what they're all in. So mm. it's all about having good quality audio and you can also see your guest and in their next release, which will be soon, uh, they're gonna be, there will be the ability to have the recording of the video as well. Of the video so as well. it will be like a Skype. I don't know about that. I mean, I think that's awesome. Awesome functionality and I'll be having a really good look at Squadcast when it comes out. Uh, I like the idea of seeing the guests because you can do that with Skype, although Skype's codec or whatever it is that, you know, allows you to do that just doesn't seem good enough. It seems to suck a lot of bandwidth when you've got the video on and trying to talk with someone on Skype. Um I so I forgot I was going to say about Squadcast, except to say that I'm looking forward to using it because I still think no one's cracked the egg on that kind of remote interview technology. I like the ability to use the video because you can use that as part of your marketing. So for That's the trailer purpose, That's so it. I, I think yeah. just a little clip. Yeah, I mean Joe Rogan does video. Yep, and it's actually pretty good. Although yep. I don't sit there and watch the entire two and a half, yeah. three hour episodes of Joe Rogan on video, but he does it really well on YouTube where he takes five, six, seven minute grabs of a particular question that he asks his guest and cuts them up. That to me, we're talking podcast best practice, yep. that, that is awesome because it kind of allows you to dip into a show 
And then, if you like what you're hearing, obviously go and download the whole episode. On that point, one of the big discussions was multimedia. So we're in the audio space, but more and more people are starting to use video, live streaming. And I suppose it, it lends itself to say, well, where's my audience? So if your audience is on YouTube, you might as well use video. Or if they're on Facebook, use mm. Facebook Live. We've been doing a couple of tests since I've come back last week and uh, I'm seeing some really big numbers when we're doing a, a stream. Okay. Like in the a, thousands. So, so what are you doing? So um, Is this for Roosters Radio? This is for Roosters Radio. So we do the podcast with the Sydney Roosters. Uh, tested this last week, as a matter of fact, or this week, uh, where we had a, a, one of the players on the phone set up the stream, Facebook Live, during the, during the recording of the interview, probably had around 20 to 30 people in real time. Since we've uploaded and shared it, it's in the thousands now, so a couple of thousand, two so thousand. Just, just again, I'm going to go specific here. Uh, you have got a player... Uh, at home. At home, yep. remotely. He's on his phone yep. on a Facebook Live with you. No. So we've called him using our, uh, using the, the Rode Procaster. Yes. So we've got the input or the phone output yep. plugged into a adapter, which is plugged into an iPad. <laughs> you want to get any geekier? Well, this, <laughs> this is the thing, right? And then we use an app called Switcher Studio. And that is then broadcast through... To Facebook, mm-hmm. so we have a Roosters Radio Facebook page. Yep. So we're getting the audio quality from the mixer coming straight in via the adapter into the iPad, right. which is then streaming live. Geez, that's complicated. There, there's it's a lot actually of things. not. It's actually not. I guess once you've done it and yeah. once you've seen it, I guess people listening, including me, yeah. went a little cross-eyed. I'd be fair to say, just a sl- sl- ever so slightly cross-eyed as you talk. And I guess one of the things for me in podcasting and representing small business owners, I'm so keen. I mean, nothing brings me more joy than a listener saying, I've just started my podcast, Timbo, and yep. I'm loving it and it's working for my business. The problem is some of this stuff that we talk about does feel a little bit complicated. So the more we can do to kind of simplify that, the better. Well, where do you sit with with the video aspect of your podcast? Uh, I don't do a lot of it. Um, I did do one last week I was down in Byron Bay talking to a fellow the, Cedar. The sur- not with the surfer? The surfer? No, no, he didn't. Oh, he do was it. in Noosa. He, he came up to to me. Um, no, I went down to Byron Bay, interviewed a fellow, Cedar Anderson, who started, who created a product called Flow Hive. He disrupted the whole yep. um, yep. beekeeping industry. Um, we didn't video us. We were, we were in a wardrobe, his beekeeping suit wardrobe. That's where we yeah, were recording because right. it gave the best acoustic. But he was very keen to do a Facebook Live afterwards. And yep. yeah, I mean, again, you know, it was me saying, "Hey, I've just down here in Byron Bay, Cedar Anderson. Let's have a look." at his invention and have a bit of a chat. And that certainly, got, that, that got a views in the hundreds. Yep. Um, and I would have thought more, but I, I can understand why I didn't now because it was actually a video about beekeeping and not yeah. about podcasting. Yep. But I know uh, for my learning, and I think you're going to talk about this, is that audiences really want to engage with the host. Yeah, Absolutely. so anything you can do, either one-on-one or a Facebook Live, one-to-many, to kind of, you know, put yourself out there as a host is probably a good thing. What about we do one a little bit later, I can set up the stream. Righto. All right. Just, well, I've got just to... so I can show you. Yeah, yeah that'd be fun. Yeah, okay. We can do that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and the other thing with video for me as a podcaster is I like audio, right? And and it's like I've just made a hard decision. I've done, I haven't done a whole lot of video over the 10 years that my show's been around. 
Um, I know when I do it, it it's, it's well accepted, but I'm just like, no, no, I like audio and I'm going to stick to that. And I can imagine doing – next year I have plans to do a little bit more behind the scenes and to take people, you know, and show people stuff that I just kind of take for granted or think is boring but actual people are interested in seeing. That's a, that's a, that's a great point we'll touch on. Okay. Let's well, just go back to – Just on Joe Rogan, just quickly. Joey, so yeah. he's the number one podcaster in the world. Was he at Podcast Movement? No, he wasn't. Hmm. But the fact that he's doing video – Maybe, you know, that explains something. Maybe it does. I mean, he's got a pretty serious setup. I mean, that's... It's actually not. It's pretty much three cameras. One's yeah. a wide shot, one's on him, one's on his guest. To me, that's a serious setup. Someone's got to edit. Someone's got to take that raw footage and create something from it. Yeah. So, not for the faint-hearted. I think it looks good. I mean, what he's, the way he has got it set up, it's kind of a balance between high production and just kind of grungy, let's just get this out, production, which is a good thing. Pre-production-wise, uh, what else did you learn? Probably my biggest aha moment was sitting in a, in a um, keynote and there's a gentleman by the name of Jordan Harbinger who's well-known in the States. He's been podcasting for a long, long time. And he just went through his process for, for preparing for an interview. And I was sitting there next to my business partner. I just kind of looked at him and said, mate, we're, not, <laughs> we're kidding ourselves. <laughs> right. Like, honest to God. Amateurs. And, well, just complacent. If I... If I'm being really honest, I think we've just got comfortable and we've got complacent and we're just used to doing the same thing week in, week out. Right. And that reflects on our customers too. What's Jordan Harbinger's uh, process for preparing an episode? He's Scare me. Well, he's big on really prepping his topic. And so he said it's not, and this is his quote, but it's not good enough to just walk in and start talking. It leads to long rambles. Hand up here. I'm guilty of that. So... His process is when he's searching for a guest, you know, he'll go into video, he'll go into LinkedIn, find out yes. something unique about that person and it really shows that you've done your work. Um, he also talked about scripting. Uh, you know, I know some people aren't fans of writing a script. I know you, you do, I know I do. Um, but just having... Script for the voiceovers the, either side of well, it. Well, scripting I, questions as oh, well. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, just saying I want to talk about this and even to the point where he'll send that to the, the guest prior to, to the recording, not for everyone, but that's what he does. And another big takeaway, if we just go back to remote recording, he actually sends a set of USB head, uh, USB headset to the guest and saying, this is what I want you to use, plug this into your computer, I'm going to test it a day or two out from the interview to make sure we've got the grip, the right quality audio, which I think lent, sends a message to the guest that, hey, listen, we're fair income here. And, you know, bring your A-game because, you know, that's what we're about. Has the headset got a mic in it? Yeah, it's one of those okay. headsets okay. like the, the so call it... centre, but it's a it's $35 on Amazon. I won't mention the, the, the name of it. but Go um, ahead, mate. Why not? Well, I, I, it's a Sennheiser product. I don't know the, the serial number. Yeah, of it, right. but it's a Sennheiser headset and he sends it sends wow. that to every guest um, that he interviews remotely just so that the audio quality is up to speed. And a little gift. Yeah, of course, yeah. So, okay, let's just talk about that process of pre-production, which is be, be more planned. Yeah. And, I, and I, I, I agree. I think there's too many, and I think it's a reason why we see a lot of podcasters drop off at episode six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. um, because they're not getting traction. Well, mate, you're not getting traction because you haven't put the plan and you think this is easy. You walk up, I'm going to do interviews. You know, I hear so many people say, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to do a whole lot of interviews. And whilst that sounds relatively easy... The more planning you can put into it, and you and I are both guilty. I mean, we probably could put more planning into it, although I do – there's an element of me that likes the spontaneity of it and I am a curious person by nature. So planning for me is asking myself – 
why am I interviewing this person? What what am I really curious about? What's the big question that I want answered having result as a result of interviewing this person? Um, I, I personally, I'll, I will watch videos. I'll try and find videos of the person so I can see what they look like. Um, I'll listen to an audio. Um, I'll look at their social media. I'll look at the About Us page on their website, yep. but they've written that, so yep. that's not that that's not that helpful. I'll do a wiki search. Um, I will do a pre-interview. I will always speak to. Well, the that's best practice. What you've just said there, mm. Tim. That really is. And, and you know, read read books if they've written them. That kind of stuff. Yeah, I can't do that. No, no. I haven't got the. Well, I haven't got the attention. You, well, even if you on. read five chapters, you don't. There's no way you do. I skim. Yeah. I skim. <laughs> yeah. That's why I give myself a yeah. kick up the butt so, when, so, I, so when I was point, sitting there. Don't point your finger at me. And go read read the books <laughs> as, as, as if. Well, get someone to read it for right. you. Um, the pre-interview, I find, of all those things, yep. well, you, you've got to, you've kind of got to know enough about these people. Of all those things, the pre-interview is the awesome one. You hear their voice. Yep. Maybe they have an accent. Maybe they are, you know, some people are verbose and answer way too long. Others just go, yep. No, and then you go, wow, I've got to work hard here. Um, you have the opportunity to talk to them about, you know, how they present themselves on mic or if they haven't done an interview before. I ask them, you know, I do ask the question, you know, you've done a lot, maybe you've done a lot of interviews. What are you, what, what haven't you been asked? Yeah. And sometimes I ask, get, I get to their assistant. Some of my guests have assistants and I say, hey, listen, I did this yesterday. I'm interviewing, how's this? I digress, but yep. I'm interviewing a bloke next week who has bought the rights to the Hollywood sign Oh, uh, he's, really? he's from Adelaide yeah, and right. he now anyone who wants to use a Hollywood sign has to license it off him. Um, he's been hard to get to um, but his EA has been great. And so I said to her, hey, you know, his name's Shane. So what's Shane like? Is he gruff? Uh, does he just nonstop talk? And get a sense from someone who yep. knows the person. So, yeah, that's the kind of work I do pre-interview and then, you know, I feel more comfortable going into it. Well, you just heard it from one of the best in the country. That's best practice right there. I'll, get, I'll give you a quick example. So yesterday I had the former um, exec, chief executive of Nike Australia in here. He'd worked all through um, Europe and the Americas. And the, the, as we were talking, it just came to me to find out who the most uh, interesting sports person he'd uh, you know, worked with. Mm. And I, it wasn't my show. I'm just here, you know, man in the, the panel. Yeah. And I just said at the end of the recording, I said, Look, can I just ask one question? You said, yeah, what's that? I said, who's the most interesting sports star you were? And obviously the host went, put it in, stop the, let's put it in, let's put it in. <laughs> ah, great. And it just so happened, he worked Jordan, yeah. he had Kathy Freeman, but he had a great story to tell about Michael Schumacher. So, right. you know, that just lends itself again so, to just so doing a bit of research around who you're talking to. All you did then was express your curiosity. Correct. Right. So if you are interviewing, you have to be curious and you have to, and then in the back of my mind, the other thing I do is ask myself, what would my listeners want to hear? Because generally I think what I ask is what my listeners want to hear. And that's perfect. Yeah. So, okay. So, good. So, good prep. Uh, any any other sort of pre I love the, the idea of sending out a Yeah, I thought that was really, mic. really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that's very, you know, it, it is hard to control, you know, with guests who often I'm interviewing people who haven't been interviewed a lot. And, yep. and I do send them a link. I have a little link on my website that sort of says, you know, to ensure best audio quality, you know, please wear headphones because yep. don't use hands-free speakers because that'll feed back in and I'll hear myself. And it's not up to them. No, really. it's not. It, it's really up to you to make sure that the audio coming from their end is up to scratch. Because yeah, how yeah. many times has it happened where they've got no headset, you know, they're talking in their computer, you can hear the fan of the computer in the yes. background and it's just yeah, yeah. it's just not nice to listen to. No, so it's not. it's not good for the listener either. Any other pre-production tips? Um, no, really for me, it was all about going that extra mile when it comes to prepping prepping your guests. Mm-hmm. And even it could be stuff like, you know, mic technique, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just going through stuff that we probably take for granted, mm-hmm. being in it day in, day out, but just coaching your guest, I suppose. Right. Just, you know, talk three fingers away from the mic or explain how the mic works. Depends on if it, you know, let's not get too technical, if it's dynamic or, you know, whatever it may be. Yes. But, yeah, just little things like that. Were there – was there any discussion around format of shows? Because we talked a lot about uh, interviews here, but there's one-on-one, there's just a co-host having a bit of banter, there's a listener question format, there's what I call the soapbox format where you just get up and express opinions. There's a lot of different formats. Was there anything around that or not really? Not that I sat in on. and. Because I don't want people going straight to interviews. Interviews is just the sort of default, I'm going to do a podcast and it's going to be interview-based. We both do that, but it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. There are other ways of structuring. I I sat in on the ESPN panel where they talk. So if you're a sports fan, you would have heard of the 30 for 30 series. Mm -hmm. And the producer uh, was talking about that. So that's an audio story. And it was talking about the former owner of the um, LA Clippers. But it it actually took her three years to create... (laughs) Yeah. And it was really interesting to kind of just sit in and hear the story of how long and the journey and, and the trust that they had yep. to build. So, uh, you know, that's a different style of, of podcast altogether. That That's that, you know, audio story style, which yeah. is big and that's that crime. You know, they true, had, true crime do yeah. it a lot. In fact, I had a guest uh, a few months ago, Catherine Maslin, who's a naturopath. She's put together an audio series on gut health and yep. they are stories. And, you know, anyone who I speak to who puts together audio stories or these audio documentaries, 30 minutes of an epi- a 30-minute episode has generally got hours and hours and Sound hours. Sound design. Yeah. Sound design. Huge of tape and sound and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Coops, let's move into production. What yep. do we learn? Any aha moments around the actual production of an episode? Other than what I touched on earlier with Squadcast, that was the biggest aha moment for me. Uh, the fact that it's built specifically for podcasters, mm-hmm. and, and this is more once again about audio quality. I think yes. you know we should be focusing on that because there's so many people podcasting. If the audio quality is poor, I switch off. Yep. So yeah, you yeah. know, I think. Have a look at it. Um, there and there give is it a no test. excuse because I mean I think again, podcasters. We listen to podcasts when we're driving in a train, yep. walking the dog at the gym, uh, in a cafe, and we are competing with ambient noise. So our audio production has to be spot on. And as you say, there are so many podcasts coming online these days that one point of difference is the quality. And I don't just mean the audio quality, but even the sound design, the use of music beds, the way, you know, the beat of a podcast where, you know, I like, you know, I'm doing this show for American Express at the moment called Idea Exchange. And one of the things that I've made a point of with my editor, James, is to punctuate certain points with maybe a silence or a little music bed that kind of fades up and then, no, yep. that's a little gear change where we yeah. know, okay, that's the end of a particular discussion. a reset. Discuss- a reset. Yep. We're moving into a new discussion and things like that take us into a more professional land, which is good given all these commercial big networks are getting on board podcasting. Another l- small point that I kind of picked up on is giving your audience three takeaways from each episode, ah. which can be difficult, right? But if you can Why? focus on Shouldn't that. Well, well, it depends on the subject matter. I think, but if you in, in your mind when you're prepping for your show, if you can think of, oh, that's that's something I'd like to know. I wonder if my audience would feel the same. Yep. And that was uh, another one of the kind of tips that we got from the keynote. I forgot who mentioned that, but I thought I've never thought about it like that because you generally just go in. I want to get the interview done. I've got my questions outlined, 
but I never think – and you do this well, Tim. You've got your takeaways. Top three, your, ten, yeah. top, top three attention grabbers. Well, well, how do you do that? So I, is that something you think about before you do no, your interview? No, I know that I've got to get top three. Right. And as my guest is talking and they say something, I actually write – I have a little section of my notepad in front of me where – I do write – oh, that grabbed my attention. I'll write it down. So when it's time to write the show notes and, and time to do the wrap-up, um, I just go straight to them. I'll share a story. I remember listening to your Rand Fishkin podcast oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. where I literally stopped the car, pulled over, turned the turned the podcast <laughs> off so I can go into the notes because it's right. talking about SEO. So I'm sure plenty of people have listened to your yeah, podcast well, who are podcasters have had that pull over for a minute and, and take a note. Yeah. So that's that takeaway that you focus on one, two, but the idea was three, but I think two would be good enough. Yeah, just the learnings. Um, and okay, so production-wise, yeah, no, we'll come to show notes because that's really post-production. Yeah. Anything else? I mean, I guess what production is the Achilles heel of many podcasters. I mean, again, we're lucky to be in the studio here at Radio Hub. My favourite, favourite form of interview is face-to-face. I yeah. mean, Squadcast might be awesome. It might have video. It might have good quality audio. Nothing beats a face-to-face interview. Hard to do. Uh, can be expensive. I mean, not everyone can afford to travel uh, face-to-face with and see their guests, but they, it does. It's a better dynamic for sure. Well, you're going overseas soon. Yes. You've just bought some gear. Yeah. It's not a big investment, was it? No, I'm actually – and I, I've, I've risked it. I, I, I haven't tried it out. I bought it. I, I, I have just, and it okay. works. I know okay. it works. Good. So um, – I won't say what it is yet until I actually test it out because I won't. It's road gear, so it's going to be good. Um, It actually works with my iPhone, so I'm not having to carry additional um, hardware, um, and the rest will be kind of yeah. I'm a little bit nervous, but we'll be right. I did learn one thing from one of your interviews. Here we go, and it's one thing. Did you hear what you just said? No, no. From a technical one thing. From a technical aspect. Okay. When it comes to the lav mic, depending on what the person's wearing a bit of tape or blue tack uh, underneath yeah, yeah, the mic yeah. to stop or, and actually tape the uh, the cord. The cord. You, you know the yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. about, Because right? it rustles. It just rustles. So yeah, you yeah. can tape the cord to your, to your clothing yeah. and put a little – just roll a bit of tape so it sticks to your uh, collar yeah. and then you can put your microphone on that. These are all – I mean – these are the little one percenters that lead to an infinitely better outcome. And that old saying, one plus one equals 11, this is where it's coming into play because, again, and I'm thinking about the small business owner listening to this who's thinking of off, thinking of going off and doing a podcast or a YouTube channel. Yep. The same, what we're yep. talking about here applies just as equally to video. Um, it's getting these little one percenters right. And I can tell you, you know, you and I don't come from a media background. No. Um, we, we, <laughs> a long, way, long way away. I mean, you've got a great head for podcasting. I well, sure let's not, do. Uh, but the, the, the reality Thanks, is... Thanks, Robert Redford. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, is that Robert Redford back in the day or now? Oh, yeah, now. Yeah, thanks. Um, but the reality is um, you do need to start study um, a lot of what the media does if you are going to podcast. And, you know, I still, I have certain interviewers that I just love to watch. I go back on YouTube and watch them or if they're current day, listen to them and just talk, look at how they go about it. And they may be both TV and radio interviewers, but just we can learn a lot from, from doing things like that. And you learn by making mistakes. Correct. Right. So um, let's talk post-production. So uh, we've now produced an episode and it's time to get it out there. Aha moments from podcast movement. They started talking about a platform called Descript, Descript Descript.com. Haven't used it yet once again. I've sent an email to the CEO to have the the one I want you to because I am going to use these uh, software platforms. Mm -hmm. It's just I want to be 
taught the right way. Mm-hmm. What's it do? So many of us are familiar with you get your MP3 file, WAV format, whatever it may be, and we upload it to a service to transcribe. Mm-hmm. That Descript is one of those. But what it also does is it includes the WAV file at the bottom. So as it's transcribing, if there's a segment of the interview where you're reading it and you don't want to use it, yep. you just highlight it, press delete, and it removes it from the audio track. It removes it from the document and from the audio track. Correct. Jeez, that's clever. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a, a robot transcription service. It's AI. It's I look. Still, so still, I'm I, using one too. I use Trint, and it's so do I. Probably eighty-five percent. Yeah. So they they said it's ninety-five. I would probably say eighty-five. Mm. Um, you know, once you get that sorted. But I think I edit with my eyes. So mm. when you do edit. Edit depending on you know what uh, door you use. You can you can actually tell when there's an um or someone yes. studying, so yeah, you yeah. know how to highlight that. This way, you're actually doing two jobs at once. So mm-hmm. you're actually transcribing. Now there's going to be words that aren't right and whatnot, but if there's something that you don't want to use, and particularly when you're working for a client and they want to move questions around, and that's the other beauty of it, you can highlight a whole passage, put that somewhere else, and it moves the audio as well. So this question yeah, now wow. that, that we're this discussion we we're having right now, we can put the it top, to the back, to the back. front, whatever it may be. So, I thought that was a bit of a game changer. What, Still want to challenge it on um, how it actually makes the cut because you know we've got noise floor or the ambient um, noise when we're not talking. Yes, how that looks from a you know from a uh, listener's perspective, mate. There wouldn't be too many episodes you do when it's like. Quiet like that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, you're pretty good at filling the gaps. You and I both are. I don't mind a bit of silence though. There is a way. You know, it's a, it's it can be very well used to punctuate a point and uh, before one moves on. I used to have it written on the board. It was a quote by Richie Benno: "Engage the brain before opening one's mouth." <laughs> I love it. So we know you get excited during an interview and you go, "And what else happened? Uh, uh, tell me more." Yeah. And you, they don't finish what they were saying. So. Yeah. I think that's a huge uh, tip for anyone starting out is to listen, listen and listen more. Well, you know, full disclosure here, I did an interview about a year ago or a year and a half ago with Richard Stubbs, the well-known Australian comedian, radio host. In fact, in my eyes, one of the better interviewers in Australia. And I got Stubbsy in. I saw him at a comedy night one night. I went up to him, told him what I did and whether he'd come in. And I said, the reason I want you to come in is I think you're a great interviewer and I'd like you to come in and treat – and I'd like to interview you – but I want you to treat it as a bit of a class. Uh, I'm looking for constructive criticism is basically what I said. And so as I'm interviewing him, I gave him permission to pull me up on things and his best advice to me was you need to listen more. And, I, you know, I'm, I, I think I've taken that on um, and just pausing before, think, before speaking and thinking about what the next question really is. And his other great bit of advice was lead with your best stuff. Don't keep yeah, your right. powder dry. Okay. Um, that was a really good interview. I enjoyed that one. Uh, okay, so now one of the things you are very good at, Coops, in terms of post-production is social media. I reckon you have nailed it for Roosters Radio and for the other clients. I guess you, you're applying those learnings to businesses whose podcasts yep. you are producing. Uh, maybe take us through a typical social media campaign for one episode. How do you push it out? So we try to have a, a rule of thumb that there's probably 10 individual bits of content that you can repurpose per episode. 
So you've got your audiograms. Now, there's a couple of different companies that do audiograms. It's basically a clip of the interview. It can be, you know, a minute long, 30 seconds long. You put some artwork behind it and it, it, it becomes an MP4 in actual fact. So it helps with the algorithms in Facebook and uh, Twitter also. So, so you put, you've, I've seen your audiograms, so we mainly put on video, Insta. You so put we video. put video behind it. Um, and I'm not going to give away the, the secret herbs and spices there because that's what keeps us at the top. <laughs> but um, Geez, thanks for that. It, it layers. So you can layer the content. Yes. So you can put your artwork, you can put um, you know, your branding. We always put the badges to where you can listen. So it's always Apple, Google, Spotify. Um, and then you've got the clip. You can caption it. And it's... It's mainly Insta or Facey as well? Both. Mm-hmm. So I, I give that back to the client for them to do with it what they choose. Now, the upside of these audiograms, two things, they look pretty specky. Yeah. They look really nice, but it also allows the uh, person to listen to the show within their social media platform, which A, is useful for them, and that's got to be the most important thing, but also Insta and Facey love that because you're not taking them, you're not suggesting, hey, time to leave Instagram or Facebook and head off to my website. So as long as the podcast has its own Instagram page yes. and you've got the link in the bio, I always use something along the lines of new episode here and you've, obviously it's a clip or with a quote to listen to full episode, click link in bio and that'll take you straight to that episode. How long is a clip? I, the most I'll do is a minute. Mm-hmm. So the, the they say, they being the experts, <laughs> say uh, a minute 30 is about as much time as people can engage in a video. Uh, so I kind of go a little bit below that, right. but I don't know if 30 seconds is quite enough. So I try to find something that is quite, you know, um, poignant, I suppose, and someone go, oh, that's interesting, I'll listen to the rest of it. Big word, poignant for you. Yeah. Would you, you use uh, that Mate, before? I went to a private school. <laughs> it's hard to tell. <laughs> tell me, okay, audiograms, what else do you do with an episode after you put it out? Um, always write a post, you know, so we get the transcription and then we'll write a, a content piece on it. And also, which will then steer the audience back to the podcast. Um, Where do you put that? Well, we obviously we put some on our web page. Once so it's again, like a blog post. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I mean, each client's different. But if it was a radio show, for example, yes. if we, if it was our show, we would do an audiogram. We'd probably do a little bit of video. That's yep. probably one of the things we learnt from the states. Um, we'll write a, a small article. Um, and the next part of that, I suppose, is trying to get your fans involved in it too. So mm. getting them to share it. Um, and getting there and so what's in the it trick well. to that? I don't have a huge amount of success with that. I always get a little shiver up my spine when I see that someone's shared an episode. Right. So if I go back to one of my uh, big three aha moments, there was a there was a discussion on leverage your audience to grow your show, and this is something I have not done. And what they talked about is engaging with your fans. So you know how many true fans you have. Mm-hmm. And I I actually did a case study on this last week where, once again, where we used the video. I came back so full of ideas. I went, let's just test it all on Rooster's Radio. So we got the the camera out. We did the stream. But I went through the Facebook page and said, if you've got a question, the player's name was Luke Keery. I said, if you've got a question for – sorry, it was Angus Graham. I said, if you've got a question for Angus, let us know. And the best questions we'll put on this week's show. And one of the the questions that came back was asking him about his charity – now, I had no idea that he'd run this charity for Indigenous kids up in Arnhem Land. And once we had that question, well, then the whole interview changed. Hmm. So, you know, I said... And you wouldn't have got that if you hadn't reached out not. to your fans. But then we also commented, so I've got a great question from Ben Collison. He wants to know, 
a little bit more about your charity, First Peoples Project. And it, we talked about that for about five to ten minutes and it just changed the whole direction of the discussion. Mm. It wasn't about footy anymore. It was about the great work he's doing, you know, trying to inspire young Indigenous kids in Arnhem and, and the story behind that was interesting as well. So mm-hmm. that was a really good way of kind of testing that model. So I've got to understand that the video that you did uh, with the player was prior to the interview... So we put out on Facebook, we said, on this week's show, we're talking to Player X. So you go on your social page and say, this week I'm talking to Cooper Seal from Radio Hub about all things podcast movement. If there's something you want to know about that event, put a question in our comments below. Got it. And that's, that's a day's out. So that's going yeah, to allow you right. to prep. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Yep. So, uh, you know, that was good. Also, and... You'd have experience in this as having one-to-one interactions with your fans so mm. the fee- and getting feedback. So if someone says, you know, Tim, I listened to that show you did with Cooper Silk, he's an imbecile <laughs> or, you know, or whatever, <laughs> tell me more about this. Yeah, don't, uh, don't predict the future. Yeah, well, that's right. I'm going off early <laughs> yeah. here, right? But, um, you know, getting feedback and finding out what they liked about the show, what they didn't, and you can structure your show around yeah, that. So yeah. I'm guilty of never really giving much love back to the fans. We've yeah. got... We get the same numbers every, and we've been doing that podcast for six years, but we never kind of give them back. You said something really uh, interesting before about that um, behind the scenes. Yes. So there's a bit of that as well. So, um, you know, there's heaps of things you can try. They're not all going to work, no. but, but at least have it, give it a crack. Was there any discussion at Podcast Movement around doing live episodes? Once again, did that last week too. Did you? Yeah. Where? At East Leagues Club. So I just made the Roosters the focal point yeah. and just said, because we are, like it's our show, we can do pretty much what we want within yeah. reason. And uh, it was the, the, the stories we got were amazing. Uh, the feedback was positive. And if, if they make it to the grand final, I was speaking to the, the head of the East group yesterday, we'll be back there grand final That's awesome. to, to do a lot, another live so, show. So what did that look like? You, you rolled up to, the, to a game on the no, weekend. So, so the, the game was, the kickoff was at 7.50. Mm. We started our show at 6.50. So an hour before the kickoff, and I got four. I had four former players, uh, which which we you know just rang and said, "Look, we're going to do this show." Bought them a feed at the club and gave yeah. them a couple of beers to loosen them up. <laughs> and, si- that, and then the stories, and then the stories, the great stories from the eighties and, and the. So what 70s. did you do? Just set up in a lounge. You had a bit of equipment. We, so we set up at the club. Yep. So obviously rugby league, we have leagues because we're the poker machines and all. But yep. they also have big screen TVs and rooms where people go to watch the footy. Uh, so we set up four chairs or five chairs. Uh, I brought the mixer, took some speakers, set it up, That's and awesome. just and then we streamed it and then we recorded as well. So yep. we've got bonus content. Yeah. So it's not stuff that you're going to put out as part of your weekly uh, so consistent you, you, re- release. But you go, hey guys, by the way, here's some bonus content where we talked about all the good stories from the seventies and eighties. So you did a live stream of that. Yep. On uh, Facebook Live. Yep. Okay, you've recorded that. That's an episode that's going to come out. Or is already out. It'll come out this weekend because we're weekend. building up into the into the finals. Did you have an audience? You have actually people sitting. We had in about front of you? sixty to hundred people sitting there, and by the time the footy started, the place was full. What did that do for you as the host? Did it give you a a, a more positive energy, or did it scare the pants off you? It made me want to do more of them. Right. So, right. you could do this with with whatever you do, be it the Amex stuff. It's just a, an open. An open forum. But the other thing, we got fans to get involved as well. So if you've got a question for Player X, 
come up here and we've got some great questions. Yeah, that's awesome. So it goes back to giving the fans a bit of ownership of your yep. show. Okay. So let's get back into post-break. You said there were 10 pieces of content that you put out for every episode. You've talked about audiograms. You've yep. talked about Facebook Lives. What else are you doing? Well, there's the, the article. The article. There's a quote. Yeah. You know, there's a... There's Your a social media posters. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you might use five individual... So you've got your video, you've got your audiograms, you've got a, a, an, an image with a quote that, you know, you, you've been doing that for years. So you, you get two of them out a week. Yep. There's, there's your ten pieces. Do you um, have an email list? No. You don't? Well, not... We, we do for the Roosters, but remember, we're just... We're a production facility, so... We don't own yeah, their it. audience. Have, we, they, we, have they got an email list? Some do, some don't. Do they email? Do the Roosters email episodes out to it their It goes members? on their website right. and it does. It goes out yeah, via a newsletter. Awesome. So the other thing as well is, is the EDM. So yep. depending on what host you use if you, and depending on who you use to send out your emails, if it's MailChimp or whoever it may be, you can embed your media player in your EDM and then your audience can listen that way for people who don't know what a podcast is, of which there's still plenty of them. Mate, there is. There is. Well, I, I was saying this to someone last night. I think if you walk out on the street these days and ask 100 people, have you heard of a podcast, I'm going to say probably 90 out of 100 are going to say yes. I've got the statistic. The, the number's 83%. There you go. So, so, but that's not much of it. That's, that's not a very useful question. It's no. a, it's a vast improvement on two years ago, where yeah. I reckon that number would have been closer to fifty. But it's great. Eighty three percent of people know what a podcast is. Do you listen? Have you listened to a podcast? Thirty percent. Mm, that's a big drop. Thirty percent. And then there's the next question: How often do you listen to a podcast? Do you do you listen to a podcast once a week? Now we're down to bloody ten yeah. percent. So I get a little bit disheartened by this, Coops, but. I also see it as just a massive upside. The, the bar is so low. And again, speaking on behalf of small business owners who are thinking, oh, the ship's already left the shore. It's too late no to way. podcast. Mate, it is so – I mean, I've been doing it for 10 years. You've been doing it for years. Um, we just happen to be very early and we're operating in prehistoric times when it's like, you know, no one was listening and we were just doing it because we loved it. Now we know that people are listening. They're a little bit easier to get hold of, but the audi- the, the potential audience, mate, it's huge. One quick hack for that and I, I actually did it yesterday. So the, the client came in with his guest, guest never listen to a podcast. It's this simple. Give us a look at your phone. <laughs> Take their phone. I know. Put them to put their code in. Now, whatever, if it's an iOS, you go to the the Apple Podcasts, click the button, and whatever the podcast is, type it in, hit subscribe, and then you've got a new listener. Well, I say that. It's that that simple. I say that at the end of every one of these shows is where I just go, you know, like, you know, you really have to walk up and down the street, grab people's phones, and actually subscribe on their behalf or hop in their car and do the same. Because it is an unfortunate aspect of this medium that we are a part of. But that'll slowly change, you know. I feel like it's changing. But just by the way, was there a discussion? We talk a lot about iTunes and the whole Apple space is, you know, where to find your podcast. I use Pocket Cast actually, so as, right, as my my app of choice, yep. which is both Android uh, and um, and iOS. Was there discussion around Android phone users as to what app they're using? Are they using Stitcher? Because Google Play in Australia, I, I think you'll find in the next. 18 months to two years, Google will put a lot more energy and emphasis on the podcast platform. Um, as I said, I didn't, I wasn't available for their keynote, but too I will busy. watch too it. Too busy for Google. Yeah, well, it just, yeah, it just no, didn't fit in with what I wanted no, to they, learn. No, they've taken notes. Um, but um, 
you know, the discussion, there was a lot of talk about Google at the event. Just the fact that their presence, them and Spotify, there was a lot of talk, just the fact that they were there. It was their first time well, at the event. I'm assuming Apple was there. Uh, oh, I my can't, goodness. I can't think of uh, seeing them with oh, a stand. That's and really probably interesting. Probably they would have. So, see, I, I get frustrated so, so by Apple. So the thing was, like, obviously Google and Spotify had spent a lot of money on their setup. Like, it was where you walked in the door, who Google the, on the right, who, who Spotify were in front of Just out of, of, of interest, who were the bigger? Spotify. Spotify was like a cabana. Look, you could have been on the beach. They had like palm trees. They were making coffees. Coca Cabana. Yeah. Da, da, da. Well, you should play that. Yeah, thanks for not – you keep talking about it. You're waiting for me to keep singing. Um, interesting because I have a view. Uh, I'm just going to get myself into trouble here, but Apple aren't listening anyway. I, I, I'm very grateful to Apple – for what they've done to podcasting to date. They've got us to where we are. We look at the ladder there to see who's ranking how and, and where and, you know, they are the, the, have been the big podcast daddy of them all. I don't reckon they've given the medium a lot of love over the years. However, from what I understand, it's a bit of a two-edged sword because if they do give it a lot of love, it may become a bit of a Facebook thing where they're going to ask us to boost our episodes and order, you know, pay to play almost. And right now I don't really want to do that because I'm not seeing a lot of love coming from Apple. My other personal frustration with Apple is very ego-driven, but you know how they have the banners going yep. across the top of um, iTunes promoting podcasts. I've never had one. I've never – 10 years I have never had one. I can help you there. Stop it. I Stop it. Can. Mate, do not promise what you can't Honestly. deliver. Now, now here's, here's my gripe. Hey, yeah, it hurts my ego that, geez, I've, I've done – so many podcasts and still haven't cracked a big banner on the Apple iTunes store. I would love to see that. There's Hang a on. form you fill. You have to fill a form. Hang in. on. Okay. Well, you're going to help me with that. Um, the ones that get it, they're all the big names. Yep. And I get that. You know, they've got to do that. But, geez, give us – give this – podcasting primarily is a bespoke independent medium. Has been. Has been. We're now being run over by the big guys and I get yeah. it and, and they've seen the value in it and there's a lot to be learnt and and, and wait to put on, be put on that. But um, so, okay, so Apple have been a little bit disappointing from in my eyes. The other thing is that there is going to be a big brand come over the top. I feel like there's just this, there's the swells building right now and it's going to be a Spotify or a Google or maybe from like in the car industry, like, we, you know, there's the Fords and the Holdens and the Toyotas of the world, but then all of a sudden this unknown brand Tesla comes in over the top and they are bespoke electric cars. And I just feel like something like that's going to happen in the podcast industry where a brand dedicated to podcasts will appear and take over. The latest numbers for Spotify is 6% and I think Apple was around 80 for the consumption mm. and I think Google was around 3 so there's a lot of room to move there. Um, I think you see that Spotify buying up more more shows, more content. So I think there's going to be a big play there. And look, I've got no crystal ball, but the other one too worth m- worth mentioning is maybe Facebook. There was a couple of little talks just you know in the in the on the floor mm-hmm. where everyone's networking. You know who's doing what. So I'd like to see Spotify win. Spotify are they still hand curating their content? Because I know that when I, I got on Spotify about maybe 18 months ago, 12 months ago, and they were hand-picking. Yeah. I, I, you don't know. I don't think so. And I can, another one worth mentioning, I think, is iHeartRadio. Oh, yeah. I never quite understood iHeartRadio. Yeah. Well, it's big in the States. It's yeah, it huge is. in the States. Yeah, okay. And then what about podcast networks? I mean, they're popping up everywhere. There's a million of them. Million Honestly, of them. we could do a whole show on, on podcast networks. There's right. stuff in Give Europe. me the top – what's your top learning there? Create one? 
I'm, I'm a pick and stick kind of guy. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we use Omni only because we're Australian. I've got a great that, relationship with the, with Sharon but, and but, the team. But, but Omni's is now owned host. by Triton. That's not a network. Oh, sorry, sorry. Networks. Yeah. You just you just had a moment then, mate. Yeah. You just completely faded. Like you just. Went, I did. So uh, ne- networks. So, so so something like you know, there's Mamma Mia in Australia. There's Podcast One. There is. Uh, uh, I don't listen to them. I don't. I don't. I, I'd, I'm not loyal to a no. network. But when I see that a show's part of a network, part of me thinks, oh, maybe it's better than a show that isn't. But that's that's flawed thinking. So um, I know that those who own networks are making a bit of dough because from an advertiser's that's point where of the view, money is. Yeah, because they sell per download and the CPMs, whatever, mm-hmm. twenty five, thirty per bucks thousand. per thousand downloads. Mm-hmm. So you know, a, a huge podcast. You know, teachers' pet is getting a million. I noticed one of the streams was monetization. Did you learn anything from that or did you choose not to go well, to that as well? Well, I, I went to a, a, one of the keynotes there and there's actually a, a fund. So there's a, a venture capital mob that will actually invest in you. It's not here in Australia yet. Hmm. Um, it's p- simply called Pod Fund. Uh, and they're bankrolling a couple of different um, independents in the States. Met the, met the guy who's got the cash. Yeah. And just introduced myself, said, you know, we're, we're a long way away, but you yeah, know, yeah. wouldn't mind a bit of your hard earned. Uh, and he kind <laughs> of laughed said, at me and walked away. Yeah, yeah. Correct. <laughs> no, but he was pretty cool. And um, he just said, look, it's a growing market. What you need to realise, it's a growing market. Mm. And I think as independents, once again, to be able to compete with these big budgets, uh, you know, with lots of people involved, you need a bit of help. Because mm. I, I know from from our experience, we're a... We're a team of there's myself, uh, you know, I've got a studio manager, I've got a couple of editors and we've got our digital, so it's like eight people. If, you, if you're going into that audio story, you need more producers, yeah. you need sound design, you need, you know, it takes time to create that sound. You can't do that with less than, I, I dare say, 25K or, or whatever. Mm. So, I mean, who's got that kind of money? So you need help. Mm. Um, so, yeah, PodFund was the organisation, had a bit of a chat about that. They also talked about planning and your process and budgeting. Coops, never was, um, you've shared a lot of aha moments. There's been a lot of learnings. If I was to summarise, I'd say that uh, when it, we, Australian, I'm going to just say yep. Australian podcasters because we're so far away, we need to pick up our game. We don't become complacent. It's very exciting because it's early days. Uh, the technology's improving. I don't know whether it's getting any easier. Things like Squadcast, that's that's easy. I, I, I've seen the interface and that's easy. I mean, some of the technology around going to do live stuff, that still seems hard. I'll tell you when I get back from London, see whether my little simple setup does work. I'm excited to test it. Um, but I think we are in exciting days. Was there any kind of little uh, fun asides that happened at podcast movement. Well, there, was a, there was a drink on every night. I got drunk for four days. Unlike you? Yeah. Well, yeah, you've been off the gas for a while, haven't you? Well, yeah, I am now. Yeah. No, but from a networking perspective, that it was really good. And you didn't have to be in the, in the you know, in the, on the floor. You mm. could just be walking around the halls and meet people from all over the world, mm-hmm. you know, from different levels, from, you know, from tech companies to just people just having a crack. Though I met a guy who does a, a podcast about horses, you know, just different stuff and that's really interesting. So um, it's definitely worth it, um, mm-hmm. worth attending. Going to go next year? They do, they're doing one in February and then they're doing the big one is in um, Dallas, I think, next August. What are they doing in February? Um, it's kind of a, a more smaller bespoke one in mm. LA. Okay. You going? I'm not sure. I'll, I'll definitely go to Dallas. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the other thing too is it's not really a B2B. So for business podcasters, you know, like like yourself, it's hard, like, it's hard to leverage off that, um, I suppose, finding 
guest to interview. Um, for me, it was more about trying to learn what the, the, the experts in the States yeah. are doing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, not reinvent the wheel, mm. just kind of learn from them and try and, like I said earlier, you know, particularly in stuff like just interview process and you, stuff like that. You've got, we're in the Radio Hub studios right now. Uh, do you feel, and you've spent a lot of time, I mean, this is the best podcast set up outside of going to a, you know, a radio station or, you know, these fancy big audio studios which are set up to do radio, radio. ads and voiceovers and all that. You are here to help podcasters. Yep. Do you feel like you're heading in the right direction? Yeah, I really do. It's good, mate. Yeah. Good on you. I, and just, you, you asked me a question before about that one key point, I guess, and I suppose from, from my from all my learnings, the, the big one for me is when it comes to marketing a podcast, there's no magic bullet. you just got to try everything. Mm. So if, if it means, you know, throwing a bit of money at a Facebook campaign, give it a shot. Mm. Uh, you know, try video, try live, try, try everything. Yeah. Just change your artwork colours. You know, it, it can be anything. Just yeah. give it a shot. But start transcribing your shows because of the Google... Uh, impact yes. in the SEO and the way they're going to index podcasts, definitely make sure you transcribe and include detailed show notes. What are you listening to at the moment? Uh, right now, on the way to uh, here, I listen to two. The, the small business, big marketing show. No, I, I definitely, I do listen to your come show. On, I do. Listen, I'll give you my top three. Yeah. Small business, big marketing. Episodes. Episodes. Number one, Rand Fishkin. Awesome. Number two, the ice cream bloke. Scott oh, Kilmartin. Scotty Kilmartin. And number three, Wally from the chicken shop. Oh, he was he awesome. Was a beauty. He was awesome. He was a beauty. <laughs> he, he, he's larger than life. He uh, sure while, is. while you're looking, because Coop right now is, is opening up his po pocket cast yeah. to see what he's listening to, but those episodes, what I can tell you about Rand Fishkin, one of the most popular episodes I've ever done. He has a massive following anyway, so that was awesome when he could s promote that episode. But what he went through was like the ultimate SEO tips. What are you showing me there? Yeah, there's you. There's your oh, big mate. Oh, look at you. Being on purpose is, is a masseur to the stars. There you go. Most yeah. An episode. So, what are you listening to? All right. So, one of my favourites is called "Art of Manliness." It's not oh, what yeah. it doesn't. It's not what it actually sounds yeah, like. Yeah, no, I listen to that. I've been listening to uh, a short podcast called "Podcast Accelerator" with Mark Asquith. He's an English guy. A podcast um, about podcasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I've also big fan of Roosters Radio. <laughs> listen to that every week. No limitations. Ah, uh, that is with Mark Boris, no? No, it's by it's it's done here, but it's a guy called Greg Robinson. He talks to CEOs. Oh yes, and I've I've actually become a better business operator because of it because they actually talk about the mistakes that they've made. Awesome, and we're, they're talking about multi-billion-dollar companies here, and you just kind of go, wow. And truth be known, most of them started out from humble beginnings. Correct. So it's it's worth having a listen to. I think you're going to ask me what I listen to. Stop it. Um, I, Tim, what are you listening to? <laughs> I am absolutely loving the Ron Burgundy podcast. I've it, seen it, I haven't heard it. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm a massive fan of Anchorman, yeah, right? Same. And I love Will Ferrell. And so Will has continued the Ron Burgundy character by giving him his own show. And I just think it's some of the funniest audio out there at the moment. I just, I, I do not listen to it in a plane because you'll be that July. guy who goes, 
Should I back to it? Um, I'm loving Sizzletown, Tony Martin's yep. Sizzletown. The produ- I love comedy. Um, the, the production values on that are completely off the charts. If you're going to listen to that podcast, listen to it on a really nice set of, you know, Bose noise-cancelling headsets because they, the, 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 I know the effort those guys put into it. Um, and I've really been enjoying a podcast that's no longer being produced. It's called The Nick Broadhurst Show. Nick was a um, – he was one of the – lead singers of uh, Sneaky Sound System back yeah. in the day. And they were now, big up here in Sydney. They were very big up here in Sydney. And uh, he's now had a podcast he finished after, after about 100 episodes, but basically talking about being a man and the various aspects of it. Um, and it's really, it was a really beautiful podcast. He talked about everything from health and well-being to diet to masculinity to, you know, sexual practices and every, everything. Like, And it was just a really lovely show. What about audio books? Because I've got under, I've got into them recently too. Have you much of a have you no. give the audio book a test? No, you, you mate, stick to podcasts. Hey? Audio books. I listen are to podcasts all day. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, well, no. you can't read, so you have to read audio. Exactly, to to audio. Right. Exactly right. <laughs> you know, so um, look, one of the awesome things about podcasting, as we know, is there's a topic for everyone, and you know, it's incredible, and might continue to grow. And um, I hope to be back here in five years' time, saying, you know. Those lessons learned from podcast movement have been applied. And I can't believe I've been. I'm a bit embarrassed to say that I've never been to one, but maybe I'll see you in – where are we going? LA in February. If we don't go to LA, Texas. we'll definitely go to Dallas. Awesome. Okay. Bigger than Texas, mate. Coops, thank you. Radiohub.com.au would be a great place to go. Um, there's examples of your work. There's the shows that you produce. But more importantly, if you're a business owner that wants to get going on podcasting, and want to spend a bit, of, spend a bit of dough at it, which is a, probably a good idea. I don't like the idea of a business, a, a business owner who wants to podcast try to do it all. So cash flow allowing, come and spend a bit of dough at Radio Hub. Coops will take you through it with his uh, suite of editors and producers. Love your work, buddy. Thanks for everything you've done so far. Thank you very much, Tim. Let's do a live stream. Well, there you go. Fellow podcaster Cooper Silk, whose Roosters Radio podcast is a must-listen to if you're into that very unusual sport they call rugby league. Or if you're not and you just want a podcast produced, then do check out Coops at radiohub.com.au. Righto, here's what grabbed my attention from that chat. Attention grabber number one. Us independent podcasters must avoid becoming complacent now that the big media companies are playing in our space. You know I have strong feelings about this if you have listened to my show for a while. I love podcasting. It's independent. It's bespoke. And, you know, the big guys are always going to come in. Radio programs are always going to get repurposed into podcasts and all that stuff. But those guys have got really big budgets. They've got the talent pool. They've got the resources. I get all that. Um, but let's just not, you know, if you are an independent podcast, if you're a business owner and you're podcasting or thinking about it, do it. Don't become complacent. Aim to create world's best. Attention grabber number two. There's plenty more we could be doing post-production to get each episode listened to by as many people as possible. I'm guilty of this. Uh, I'm working with someone at the moment to put together a plan for 2020 so that I embrace certainly social media a lot more. I've spoken about this previously, but lots of different ways. You know, I had that episode a few weeks ago uh, where we talked about how to get your video seen by as many people as possible. I think we shared 30 ideas. Um, I think we can do the same with podcasting. So, yeah, 
post-production, get it out there, build your audience. Attention grabber number three. If you're a business owner thinking of starting a podcast but concerned that it's too late, that there's already enough out there, then get over it. Your challenge is simply a creative one in ensuring yours is the best. It is still early days in the world of podcast. That's what grabbed my attention. Whatever grabbed yours, big idea, small idea, be sure to block out some time and implement it. Come on down. It's Timbo's Monster Prize Draw. Yes, indeedly, doodly. It's time to reward another motivated listener for taking some serious marketing action as a result of listening to this show. And today's winner is... Chinese medicine practitioner, Dr. Bianca Makuso of SeedChineseMedicine.com. Now, Bianca has written me quite the email, but you know what? It's a really good email and there's so many great learnings here for us in terms of ideas that she's learned from this show that she's implemented with great success. So whilst I'm not going to read the entire email, it's a little bit longer than usual. Let me get it ready. Dear Tim, thank you so much for your podcast. I recently restarted my Chinese medicine practice after being on maternity leave for a year. I felt completely out of touch, so I figured I'd find a small business podcast while I refound my feet. I came across yours and was instantly hooked. I've binged listened to over 100 episodes in the last six months. I love you already, Bianca. You win. <laughs> no, you can't win just for that. She goes on to say, I'm only working four hours a week because I want to spend time with my daughter. That's four hours seeing patients, but maybe five hours altogether, including admin work. Initially, I thought this was going to be so restrictive and that my business would have a, a cap as to how much I could bring in because I can only see so many patients in four hours. However, my business is now bigger than it was before I went on leave because of all the changes I've made thanks to your show. Oh, and here they are. Things I've implemented since listening to your podcast include niching down. It was terrifying because I didn't want to box myself in to only one type of treatment, but it's been a great decision. I'm now the specialist in cosmetics. I've also inadvertently become an expert in my field and now other practitioners contact me for my opinion on cosmetic patients. This is also a touch point because I now have patients referred from other practitioners. Love it. Love a niche, an inch wide, a mile deep, Bianca. Good work there. Next thing she's done, just getting things out there. When I returned from maternity leave, I wanted to redo my logo and my website and on four hours a week, they were huge things and I didn't have the time. So I just went on to fiverr.com for my logo and got it done in two days and about 20 minutes of my time. Bang, just like that. Uh, next thing, purchasing wholesale. I love this idea. I listened to your episode, Timbo, where that young boy discussed importing toys from China. That was Will Deeth and reselling them. And I thought, I could do that. So I went on to Alibaba and tried to find a wholesaler for a Chinese medicine cosmetic product. It was a steep learning curve, but in the end, well worth it. And I've just sold all my stock for my first order and have placed a second order for three times as much stock. Awesome. Uh, next idea. I told you this was long. There's, there's three more ideas. Seriously. Selling wholesale. Business to business was an aspect of business that I thought would never be open to me because I always thought my job was for patients, B2C, or B2P really. 
I now sell 80% of my stock to other practitioners and it's the easiest income stream of my entire business. Ah, oh, Bianca, you're a genius. What's this podcast you're listening to? Uh, next idea, sharing valuable content in my social media. I've now almost completely stopped advertising in my social media posts and I just offer valuable information and education. That's it. Be helpful. Once in a blue moon, I do a post for something like free shipping, but that's as advertising as I get. When I see patients at their appointments, I often find myself educating them on something and then being taken aback and really and saying, really? I had no idea. It's an awesome outcome from a patient. I realised if one patient doesn't know, it's likely that other current prospective patients also don't know. So I'll write a post about it. That's right. Get your content down on paper or video or audio. And these educational posts are the valuable ones where I get the most interaction, the most clicks, the most saves, the most forwards because they are valuable. Well, it's actually because they're helpful, Bianca. Last idea, reaching out to other small businesses. I've done a product swap with another small business on Instagram and it was a great experience. I contacted them to see if they wanted to partake in us sending each other our products and then doing a post about it and the other small business owner was so enthusiastic. Brilliant. Working four hours a week is now something that I'm proud of instead of thinking that I'm making a huge mistake. I'm making more money now than I was when working 24 hours a week before my maternity leave and that's an amazing feeling. Thank you so much, Timbo. Kind regards, Dr. Bianca Mancuso from SeedChineseMedicine.com. Bianca, for being the action taker that you are, you have one. A Flow Hive pollinator, that's worth 75, that's worth 79 bucks. Boxing gloves from Fitness Enhancement, 40 bucks. Access to Jeff Anderson's video marketing course, 197 bucks. $50 snackwise sample box. A range of Liars non-alcoholic spirits, that's valued at over 500 bucks. $50 send-all voucher, $100 voucher to buy some tradies undies. You get promoted on this show and a backlink in my show notes. And that is all for you because you have taken some serious marketing action. For everyone else listening who hasn't entered the monster prize draw, go ahead. Tell me one idea. You don't have to go to be so you don't have to be so verbose as Bianca was, although I did enjoy all those ideas. Send me one idea you've learned from this show and implemented and what outcome it's had or what impact it's had on your business. And if I read it out on air, you win. Before we wrap things up, just a reminder that you'll find hundreds more episodes full of ideas to grow that beautiful business of yours over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. If you're getting value from listening, and I reckon you are, because I think I've seen you around here before, then don't keep it a secret. Be sure to let other business owners know about it. Next week, we catch up with Abigail Forsyth, who's the creator of Keep Cup, the world's first barista standard reusable coffee cup. And she has got some very, very strong opinions, not only about marketing and business, but about sort of how we're managing the whole environmental thing. This podcast was presented by me, Timbo Reed, and produced by the wonderful Matt Dwyer. Until next week, thanks for tuning in. Now get out there and take action. 